0: Mia Medeiros is a painter, graphic designer, photographer, and mother based in the San Francisco Bay Area. She can be found on Instagram at Mia Oozes, or you can find her at her website, ooze.studio. Hi, Mia.
1: Hi, Isaac. How are you?
0: Good. It's good to see your face, Mia. I, I haven't seen you in, I think last time I talked to you was maybe in like 2010.
1: Like non-social media talking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years yeah. ago. Sausalito, right? It was 2009 was when you were in Sausalito.
0: Right. But I called you from a new phone number while I was in a, park, yeah. a driveway and you didn't recognize the phone number. And you're like, wait, who is this? And and then I started saying snickerdoodle, Pop-Tart, and you're like, right. pumpkin pie cake that's, thing. That's that right. We used to do. <laughs> that's oh! Right. And so we, we talked <laughs> for, I don't know, like an hour that day. That's so great. Yeah.
1: So I, um, I went to art school in San Diego, which is how I met these gentlemen. And uh, Joshua was my roommate. Isaac was a good friend of his and would come over and work there. Um, we all worked from home except for Johnny. And um, we, um, I started my business in 2005, a graphic design company, and have been a, an entrepreneur since. So I have two LLCs currently. I also um, have three children, two puppies, um, and I am, uh, you know, just kind of living the dream right now, but I volunteer as an art docent at my children's school, and then um, like a month after I started that, they asked me to lead their art program, so I've been doing um, the lead art docent role since... October, I think. And then um, uh, that is what kind of spawned the idea of me opening up Ooze Studio, which is a community-driven art studio oozing inspiration for creative self-discovery. So I'm really excited about that because that's like a whole new chapter of my life, Um, very different from designing for government and technology and doing insider threat events. So um, the commercial art is wonderful. I respect it, but I've done it for 24 years. So I'm kind of like ready for that hands on clay paints, you know, um, get back to what I used to do as a kid. So it's kind of coming full circle after a recent midlife crisis. So that's kind of my spiel.
2: <laughs> are you still doing the commercial business or are you kind of passing it on when mm-hmm. you go?
1: No, I'm still um, running the tech regiment company and doing the insider threat event every year. And then I have, um, including this year, which was crazy. We were the last event at the venue. And then I I have been working with Advanced Onion. as um, I was their chief marketing officer. So I was an executive with them. And then I took a backseat to try to figure out what my next steps were. So I kind of gave up that security for creative freedom. And that was about three years ago. Um, so I've been, I still had them as a, as a client though. So they were still, um, helping me that way. And then, um, and I was helping them. And then now just l- literally this week, uh, have taken another full-time position with them as their director of marketing. So, um, I was like, I don't want to go exec cause I don't want all the admin stuff that goes with it. So I'll, I'll demote myself almost, you know, like, but, um, but it, that security is important with the kids. And so, I'm now juggling uh, three, three jobs. And, I've, and I'm getting rid of one of the LLCs. So I don't have four because there's no way I could do four. <laughs> that would be way <laughs> over and,
2: and, mommyhood.
1: and mommyhood and no help. And you know, we're up in Auburn. So there's no family near us. And um, it's just, uh, it's just us. So we're, we're, you know, just trying to day by day and I'm a big planner, so I have, you know, two-year goals, five-year goals, what's my scalability. But, um, but yeah, the, the having fun with the kids is obviously more important. So, I'm trying to figure out how I can make my work around that.
0: I became aware of you via Joshua, or actually, no, you. I don't know if we're gonna set this record straight or not. I think you said that we met at a, one of Tommy's parties, and I didn't recall that or something, But I met you in San Diego, and your parents were in the Bay Area, where you later migrated to and where Joshua and I and a whole bunch of people migrated to from San Diego. Talk a little bit about where you grew up, where you were born, what your background is. Are you just a Californian?
1: Um, Okay, so my parents were actually in in Monterey, Carmel Valley area, which is Central California. And I had a client interview up in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is why I moved up there. Um, I was I was kind of hitting a ceiling in San Diego during the recession that started hitting, so um, that's why I moved to Sausalito, which is my soul city, um, and yeah, and then we all came right, and then um, but uh, prior to that, I was an army brat, so I was born in Mississippi and I moved my whole life, um, you know, over 40 times, lived in you know over 40 houses, kind of thing, and uh, lived in San Diego. One of my longest stints was there for eight years. And then when I went up to Marin County, I bounced around, um, which is where I met my husband. And we, um, we bounced around from Sausalito to Mill Valley to Fairfax to Novato. And then we went back to Central California, which is an area I've lived three times due to my dad's military career. Um, not a bad place to be stationed. And um, then when he retired, he moved there again with his family, us. And then um, I think the third, so the third time was when I went with Michael and our, t- and our children and saw it from a different light and fell in love with it. I was really bummed when I had to move away from the coast into Auburn. So it's been a rough transition here, but I see that they need a lot of creative juices and help with, uh, help with cultivating that. So um, I'm starting to find my place here.
0: Back in San Diego, when I was spending a lot of time at the Obi Palace, working with Joshua at uh, Training for Life on the computer during the day, because I believed in that. We were selling CPR, equipment and basic life support technology and education. And you were always in your upstairs room of the Obi Palace, this bright, brightly lit, colorful, just like what I'm looking at here, gorgeous colors, gorgeous Mia. So I would always go up there to, to hang out with you when I could. You were still doing painting during that time, were you not?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I painted my whole life, literally since I was 14 months old, I think is the earliest I've been able to find of one of my paintings. So, um, which was, you know, right after I was walking. So it's like, you know, walking, painting. That's me. So um, whenever I can fit it in, and it's been a struggle because I can't use oil paints, like, you know, the painting behind me, like I loved oil, but it's toxic. So I can't do it around my 15 month old. So as an artist, you have to be able to pivot and shift and know, what can I do now to get this creativity out, you know? And so if I wasn't painting, I was writing poetry. And if I wasn't writing poetry, I was designing. And so I've always, those have been kind of my three go-to's throughout my life.
0: You know, when we were talking about having you on the show, one of the first things that you said was, but I'm not an artist. How are you not an artist? You, You paint, you draw, Hold on. You paint, you draw, you're a graphic designer, you're, you're a mother who manages to keep your life going. How are you not an artist?
1: I think when I first said that, I wasn't. I was thinking of it professionally. You know, I've been so stuck in this corporate mode for so long that um, I think of things in titles when you say things like that. So for me, I don't get paid to paint, I don't get paid for my art. Um, I do for design. And so in that sense, I'm a creative director and designer. Um, but for, for as far as just an artist, and, and just as a word I try to stay away from actually, but um, only doing art for a living, I'm not there yet and, I, and you know I aspire to be. And I think that there's a lot of respect and discipline that goes with that word. Um, and I hope that one day I can only be that, you know, in my career. But right now, um, it's still the juggle. So hence me saying, I mean, I'm I'm an artist at heart. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'll always be an artist at heart. But, um, and maybe it's more, I'm a creative, you know, instead of I'm an artist. So there's that difference, I think.
0: There's a term that's in my spiritual community um, that is cultural creative. And that's something I've always identified with because like you, and I don't know if we ever shared the stories about being uh, like I was a hippie brat, you were a military brat. We get very similar upbringings in terms of changing perspectives. So I think uh, cultural creative kind of speaks to that. And would you say that's what you are as well?
1: Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, I think culturally, you know, I was raised by an artist who was raised by musicians. And so it's always been in my culture. It's always been in my life. We always visited the MoMA or the the met or whatever you know um my mom was a painter before she was a designer and so i remember waking up in the middle of the night when i lived in germany and she'd have these massive rolls of paper out on the floor smoking her cigarette listening to michael franks and like you know painting with these inks and like i just remember watching her from the corner like and i'm getting chills thinking about it because it's so like what i wanted and she was an artist she was getting paid for that her her paintings were in galleries all over berlin and so now um, after, I think she's had a 26 year hiatus and not to make this all about her, but it was like 26 year hiatus, only doing design, didn't touch a paintbrush once. And then she exploded and did like two to 300 paintings in her first year coming back and got like almost 2000 followers on Instagram. So she's killing it. So for me, um, I, that's like what I aspire to be. You know, like I aspire to have that creative freedom Um, And really hone that culture that I've always had and tried to implement and that I'm now trying to give to my children, you know, like it's important that they are able to have those experiences that I had, maybe not the same ones and that's okay, but similar, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So when around the last time that uh, we were all in each other's lives, this was in the Bay Area and you had a place in Sausalito, another gorgeous place your spaces. have always been very important to you, how they felt, the aesthetic, um, how inviting they were to others. So you had this great place in Sausalito and Joshua and you and I spent many, many a night knocking down bottle after bottle of wine, eating great cheese, listening to music, talking until the wee hours. That was also the time period that you met Michael, your now husband and now father of your three children. So talk a little bit, if you would, about how you met Michael and then how and when the kids came into the picture, if you could.
1: Well, that was like a big wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I mean, it was like <laughs> we met on New Year's Eve at a party. We kissed on New Year's at midnight. We went home together, didn't sleep together the first night. You know, I've got my virtues, um, but we never separated since. So we've been together ever since. And um Actually, this is the year we've had the most separation due to work and stuff, but uh, we met and then within a year of knowing each other, we um, you know, fell in love. Uh, he said he loved me that first week, that he was going to marry me. And then we, um, we had our first child within a year and a month of meeting and we're married within a year of meeting. I was very pregnant in my wedding. You can check out my pregnant Facebook pictures. <laughs> You know, it was massive, but, um, yeah, so it was very quick, you know, it was just very, um, let's do this. Yeah. So it's, it was, it's been an interesting ride.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, you, you said that you didn't like to use the term artist out of respect for those of us who do make our living through art. And I, I certainly appreciate that you're that respectful. Are we making a living during the time that we were all hanging out and you met Michael And then how did that change once you started to have kids? Um, Did you still exist on a one-person income? Uh, or Were you existing on a one-person income because of Michael, or were you both doing things at the same time while raising the kids?
1: So I've always been the breadwinner. I've always been the really hard, crazy worker who had trouble shutting the door at home. So for me, I was in labor launching a website. You know, like I I was like... (laughs) And it sounds horrible because it's like, you say family first, Mia, but, and I do. But um, I feel like I'm able to be present in each moment well enough. I'd like to think so, at least, to enjoy what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And obviously, like, once I put that website down, I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm having this baby. But I, when we met, um, I was doing the graphic design company, Project Temple, And um, then the recession hit and it hit us even in Sausalito when I had my new clients. Um, I started working with Rico photocopiers and um, the recession hit. So I went back to my love of retail because fashion, right? Another art. And um, so I was doing both jobs when we met and he was unemployed. And then um, he ended up getting a job with a retail sports center so obviously two things that he liked uh, fashion and sports like he's an endurance guy so um, we were both having dual income we were both working and it's been that way ever since we've always both worked and had our children now my thing is because I've always owned my company my work has always been flexible so I've always been able to work whenever I want which allows me to have children at home and work from home. And that's very different for a lot of people, I think, because they'll be like, how'd you do it? You know, Um, that's how you do it. And it helps that my children are very independent. Um, If they weren't independent, it would have been a different story. Probably like Gia is probably my hardest child or my youngest. She's the most needy. She's just starting to get independent now. But um, that took a little toll on my work situation. So uh, just recently he was um, the breadwinner for a little bit when I took that that security for freedom break. And, um, I kind of let, I was like your turn, you know, and then, um, but now, uh, the tables are turning again and I'm starting to, uh, jump back to where I was before. And, um, again, if I take any role though, it has to be flexible. Like I won't work for anybody unless it's a flexible contract and it's on my own terms and I get to create my own projects and, you know, kind of be my own boss that way. So, hence the Mia Boss title on my on my Zoom here. <laughs> but I'm not an elitist. I swear. I try to be humble about it. You know.
0: So even though you don't wouldn't call yourself an artist by your definition, what would you say is your artistic vision?
1: Okay, so um, my head immediately went towards Ooze Studio, which is um, just a dream of mine. It's basically my way of incorporating doing my own art and helping others.
0: Hi, I'd just like to ask you how long you've been doing these classes with Ooze and what you think you're getting out of them? Um, we've
3: done, we've done a lot of them. It's pretty fun too. It's something to look forward to.
1: I think it opened my love to art a bit more
0: than I had. I like that answer a lot. What's your name?
3: My name is Cora.
0: Cora. So you, you really love art already but once you started working with mia you think you fell in love with it even more
1: Mm-hmm. you see where i would get like that feeling of a garden because it's playful it's like all together it's layering so go ahead and keep cutting gluing layering simplifying and you guys let me know if you have any questions hi avery hi these are
3: a few things that we did yesterday um, Yesterday, there was a little alien... There's an alien army starting to form and people are entering in recruits. So, um, we made a little, um, alien war guys. So, we had to give them names. We drew them out first. Names and
1: superpowers
3: games and superpowers, and we drew them out first.
1: We made like little cards. So when I went through my midlife crisis, it was three years of insanity. No vision, which I've never had. Like, I've always had vision, I've always had purpose, I've always had a clear picture of everything 10 steps ahead, right? But this was like, wall. Like, I had never had that. So it freaked me out. Um, my vision came to me after my art docent role. And then I decided that, um, you know, I really wanted to work with children and I really wanted to work in areas that were kind of lacking creativity, that, but had that interest in it like Auburn. And so, um, sorry, Auburn, but it's true. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was important to me that I was able to, um, give back though, because it's like, okay, I've done, I've done the work thing in corporate world. I've been successful, but now it's my turn to leave something behind for others. And so U Studio is doing that. Like I'm cultivating creative minds. I'm not teaching you how to draw a line. I'm not teaching you how to draw the Eiffel Tower. Like I'm not teaching technical skills. I'm teaching you how to hone your creativity no matter where you are or what you're doing. If you're a football player, you need to have creative plays. If you're a scientist, you need to have a creative out of the box thinking in order to be able to reach that next level of discovery, right? I mean, our world is based on creativity. It evolves by creatives. So for me, giving back to that is like, and teaching kids that and and then allowing that creativity to have them be able to do better in their other subjects, Like that is everything to me. So I want to bring that to adults who have lost that, you know, I want to bring that balance to our day-to-day technology that we love and use, but it's like, then what, you know, we're intrinsically creative. You know, I don't know if you've seen the creative brain documentary on Netflix. I'm in love with it, but it's like, that's part of what makes us human. Our imagination, creativity so let's get back to that you know like I, I'm cool with augmented reality and AI and virtual reality but you have to have that balance of, of human touch of touching the clay of touching the crayons smelling the paint like that to me is um, is where it's at as far as um, honing those skills so I'm bringing that you know
2: I have to just say something real quick I really like I don't know if you're even aware of it, but um, the moment that you started talking about uh, Ooze Studios, um, your, com- your demeanor and your excitement completely changed. You became very much more animated and breathy and excited in your response, which is clearly uh, indicative of you know being on that path that seems to be very right. And like like you have a clear vision now, which is always something that, as you say, you've had, and it sucks when you lose it, but it's clear that this is it. And it's, it's, it's very good to see that, that you're in a, uh, in a healthy and happy space. And I really do want to participate in one of your, uh, one of your online classes. I just lit, went and found all my old art studio stuff um, in storage and pulled it out and still have some paper and charcoal and some watercolors that I would like to be uh, dabbling with again, especially since I have a, a lot of free time. And, and so,
1: real, so real quick to that point, it's funny that it's virtual right now, right? because I'm talking about human touch and like being in the studio and how do you run a virtual art studio? Well, um, you know, our biggest challenge is finding resources that kids might have at home or people might have at home because not everyone has all the art supplies that I do, you know, but um, but it's funny that I've had to like fall back on the virtual side of it because I really do feel strongly about having that in person. So um, it's been an interesting twist in my journey. Um, but, I, but either way, I don't think it's taking from anything that people are learning because they're still there doing their human touch on the other side of the screen, you know? So it's, it's interesting. It's, it's funny how um, my first ooze classes were online.
3: I liked how you talked about coming full circle and how things shifted, um, but not really with kids and uh, how you're going back to that full circle back to virtual where you started and yet at the same time you still have that same kind of excitement of how can you how can you make this the new center obviously you're working on a plan of action with Ooz studios and i couldn't find it do you have a place where people can sign up because that's another thing that we're going to hopefully be able to showcase for you
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, So, you know, obviously I want to do things in person once the whole coronavirus thing goes away. I'm going to continue to keep my virtual business because it's been uh, very helpful to a lot of moms who need a break and a lot of kids who need that creative outlet during this weird tension. Um, So I've been doing free classes every day and I've been offering it at ooze.studio forward slash free. And I can put that in there once I'm done talking. Um, But that that freeness isn't gonna go away. So that f- it's just gonna to shift to the socioeconomically disadvantaged children who are not able to afford my classes later. And that's part of my giving back. I don't want to be a non-for-profit. I'm a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> but I do want to make sure that these children um, like I'm going to be hitting up schools who are not doing so well in the nation and offering them lesson plans that are just kind of plug and play and video tutorials and just kind of give those to them. And in other districts, I'll be selling those same things. So um, there's going to be a link for that. And then there's also going to be um, my private Facebook page is private because there's children and we're recording the sessions and posting them. So it's very important that they're safe, but that private Facebook, Facebook page is going to be free only until the 15th of May. And then once you're in, it's free forever. But if you come after May, it's only $24 a month, which breaks down to $8 a week. So it's like, I'm not going to do daily classes forever, I don't think, because it's a lot. It's a lot of content creation and a lot of time uh, prepping and everything. But I am going to do at least two to three days a week of these classes. So if I do two days and it's four bucks a class, you know, an hour class. So I think that's worth it to hone these creative skills. And um, once school starts, schedules are gonna change and things are gonna change, but the same kind of formula is gonna be there. And then I'll also be doing after-school programs um, for a local school here, which I wanna scale. I wanna end up doing it at different schools and possibly franchising out the idea later. So, but all that's going to be at ooze.studio and I'm always going to have it on my social media. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, try to keep my focus on those two areas. Is
0: that the project that was featured in your local news?
1: Yeah. So the first week I opened, so I was supposed to open April 1 at the afterschool program in person at the school. I got home from my insider threat conference. <laughs> and I was like, these moms need a break. They're going to need a break. Like shit's hitting the fan. So I ended up just kind of like getting on the call with my business strategist who's out in the UK. And I'm like, we need to change things quick. Like my whole business plan has to change. So within 48 hours, we shifted everything to virtual and to make it free just so parents could get a break. Kids could have the outlet. And um, the news got a hold of it. CBS, I think it's called Good Day Sacramento. And um, they featured a good segment. I was happy with the segment. We actually got to do a little Basquiat postcard art thing. Like it was like this quick little art lesson, you know, it was so cool. And, um, and of course the kids got a kick out of it. So yeah, I mean, it was like right out the gate. People were just like in and they were excited about this. They were craving it.
3: Putting up kind of challenges and lesson plans for parents at home who are maybe Turned into homeschoolers these days um, for them to do with their kiddos and also for the adults. I want to go through one of your projects. So, what project are you going to teach all of us today?
1: Um, Well, today we're going to do something live at 10 a.m. We do an hour for parents and it's going to be on Basquiat. I don't know if you've heard of Jean Michel Basquiat, he's one of my favorite painters. And um, he did postcards to help him bridge himself from graffiti life to gallery life, and he sold his first postcard to, or one of his first, to Andy Warhol, became best friends with him, and things took off. So we're going to do postcards today, Um, and you guys can send them to me if you want, and get my address through our website, ooze.studio, but um, we're going to do it in his style. So what he did was he thought of words, he would put a lot of words into his paintings, and... So I'm gonna give you guys an association and you're gonna think of the first word that pops into your head. You're gonna draw something that reminds you of it or you can put your word down. I'm oh, so
2: nervous. Um, okay, so,
1: so the I'm first sure. thing we're gonna start with is coronavirus. As any medium of, of drawing, right? Okay, sorry, what was your first word? Coronavirus.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> I already know what I'm
1: drawing. What are you drawing? I've been able to keep up the momentum until honestly about this week has been the slowest. Um, I think people are starting to get tired. Of the whole distance learning thing, it's starting to become a drain. I mean, like as a mother, I know that it's like I don't want to do this with you every day. I don't want to be your teacher every day. You know, it sucks. You have conference calls. I've got conference calls. Like this is not okay. I'm not your executive assistant. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, Miles, today you have an 11:30. Lena, you have a 10:30. <laughs> you know, it's like lunch will be at 12:30. Like I'm not your assistant. So I feel like. Um, Once the momentum gets back up and running, uh, it's going to be just so fun, like so exciting.
3: That's great. It's absolutely amazing. And you're right that this is a very different time. And I'm also finding that students are starting to fall off of the online learning. They don't, they want physical, that physical interaction isn't the same on the screen. And burnout is real, this whole you know, being, being sort of feeling stuck, I think is starting to come full circle. We're at, we're at the two month mark here. So I think that's what's, that's what it is. Yeah. And I really appreciate it. I actually want to check out what you're doing on Facebook and all of those things. So I hope that you can send us an email with all of that info and we can get that on the Collective Perspective facebook and get some other moms I I was trying to get moms jamming with each other there's a big problem here where you hit motherhood and well the music creation and the ability to get out and and do things with your life as a mom or a single mom changes it shifts absolutely everything around and so I'm hoping that I can also if you're okay with me sharing that with them I'm sure that would be a really good outlet
1: yeah, I mean, share away. This is why I'm doing it. You know, um, I'm single parenting all this week, so I—I I mean, I get it. Like, I—I I had to pick up a prescription drug for my son, and I just posted something about this. Like, and what—what's the less of the two evils? Leave the three kids in the car alone, where there's like drug addicts in the parking lot, or do you take them into CVS and get coronavirus? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was freaking out. <laughs> like, but you can't show them you're freaking out, you know. So um, all these little things, though, I think art is so important to be able to release. And so once a week, we have like Free Play Friday where we can journal. Um, On Monday, we did music where we were journaling and just literally don't draw anything. Just draw shapes and colors and lines. Like, don't worry about drawing a face or something. Like, just hear the music, draw to it. And it's funny how similar our, our shapes and colors and lines were for most of the music. I mean, it I was almost identical in some cases, then it's like, that's what music does to you. You know, it unites you, it gives you that same feeling that the music is purposeful and music is one of my favorite arts. So, um, you know, coming from a musical family, I think it's something that has to be part of my studio. So um, I just need to put a clause on my paperwork saying that there might be profanities every now and then. <laughs> you know, it's part of art. <laughs> If anyone's going through a creative crisis, the best thing you can do is just get out. Because for me, working from home, that was tough to get out. So um, get out, journal every day. Like for me, it was about whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes every day, put something towards, even if you don't know what you're putting it towards, just put it out there. Um, a big thing for me that I heard was what would you do in life if you, there were no judgments? No judgments from yourself, no judgments from your family, and no judgments from other people. So for me, that was huge. That was like where things started really taking off for me to find my next step.